It's wine harvest season. Wine harvest is running from late August to early November here in Georgia. And at eatthistours.com, I'm running some pretty special, authentic family root belly harvest tours. I've only got seven of these running this year. And we actually are going to go out in small groups, seven to 12 people per group, and harvest with the family and their friends and help them make their wines for the season, followed by a big feast or supra, as our regular listeners will know hosted by the winemaker. So we're going to have dinner with the family. A lot of the time, the harvest experiences that are available to tourists involve turning up to sort of like a larger winery and simulating the harvest just for fun, uh, which is also great. And we do run those types of tours because not everybody can turn up on the exact days that winemakers are harvesting. And the tours that we run are weather dependent, whereas those ones you can just turn up no matter what and you can book them in advance. But if you actually have the flexibility to attend the real harvest, then it's much better than a simulation because you're actually helping the family make their wine. So get on the wait list now as we've actually only got very limited space for these. They're very exclusive small group tours. I said we don't run a lot of them and the dates are weather dependent and it's a little bit tricky. So get on the wait list so we can make sure we can actually sort that out. Go to eatthistours.com slash harvest for the full details about those tours and pictures and everything else. Hope to see you on one of them. I'm going to be on some of those myself. Otherwise, our Georgian guides are going to be there to help you Enjoy your Supra and wine harvest experience. In this episode, we're giving our top tips for attending your first Supra. We're going to give some information from our personal experience. And also I've got a few bits of information from some of our Georgian friends on what you should expect and what you should know going into a Supra as a first timer. Uh, We do actually have another episode that is the lead into this. So go back and listen to that. It's the history of the Supra and what a Supra is. Uh, So if you're coming into this episode going, what are they talking about? Go back and listen to the first episode and you'll learn all about the Supra and know what we're doing. We're also going to talk about some of our random Supra stories from all the ones we've been to. And so you're going to find out exactly what this whole uh, falling asleep on a beehive story is all about. We have been going on about this for a while. If you listen to this in the last episode, then you're going to finally get a solution and an answer in this one. This is the Tbilisi podcast covering life, travel and more in the country of Georgia. Brought to you by foodfundtravel.com, expathub.ge and eatthistours.com. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Tbilisi podcast, a show about life and travel in Tbilisi and Georgia. Uh, Last week we were talking about the Supra. Oh, wait. Hi, I'm Meg. Oh, hi. I'm Tom. (laughs) Tom, Tomo, I'm here. I jumped ahead. That's all right. We were talking about the Supra. This is part two. So we sort of introduced ourselves in that episode. If you didn't already go back and listen to it, you should have already gone back and listened to it, which means you would already know who we are. That is true. That so, is true. you know, let's hope most people went ahead and did that. Yeah, because otherwise you're missing out on like a whole bunch of really relevant information. Yeah, because we're going to jump straight into some stories about Supra. And if you're not really sure what a Supra is, then you're going to go, what? Just as a very, 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 very quick recap in case you refuse for some reason to listen to the other episode. <laughs> uh, Supra is the Georgian feast. Uh, it involves a lot of foods, lots of toasts from the Tamadar, who leads the, he's the toastmaster, he leads all of the toasts, and uh, lots of wine. 
because, of course, Georgians and wine are synonymous, basically. Yep, their, their blood is just pure separavi. And that's why we have a wine tour company here, because this is the oldest culture uh, known to have made wine. Uh, 6000 BC is the estimated carbon dated time of the oldest wine making vessel that was discovered here south of Tbilisi. I'd be so fascinated if they found something older because they keep digging up more stuff and it's just crazy how old they're finding something. So it'll be interesting to see if that date goes. Uh... It's not going to be good for business, is it? <laughs> We're going to have to change all of our branding. Well, that said, even if it did end up being somewhere else, uh, the main reason to come here is not purely no, because it's here, the here, here. They keep digging here in oh, Georgia. Here. Yeah, sorry. No, I thought you were saying they're going to go find something in Turkey or something no, like this. No, 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 here. Like there's yeah. so many archaeological dig sites that are ongoing here and they keep finding more and more stuff. It's just yeah, layers yeah. and layers it's and layers of old true. stuff here. So you would think that they would come across some other vessel. It's possible. It's possible that how accurate the carbon dating can be. It depends how many thousands of years older this. Just give it a lick test. A lick test? A lick test. Yeah, so like a really good sommelier can lick some clay and figure out how old the wine was that was inside the clay. Yeah. I think you might be overestimating the skills of even the best sommeliers here to carbon date a (laughs) pottery through the lick method. Well, they need to, to up their game. Yeah, maybe they do. So, you know, we've got a lot of level three sommeliers here, but maybe a level four sommelier would actually, you know, have the force on their side. Or I need it to be a snozberry level sommelier. Yeah. Yeah. Snozberry level. Okay. I didn't realize that was a specific way of, uh, of calculating someone's skills with tastes. Yeah, because the snozberries taste like snozberries. Well, of course they do. And strawberries taste like strawberries. I'm not really sure what you're proving. So, have you seen Willy Wonka? Yeah, of course I have. There's no strawberry wall. There's a snozberry wall, isn't there? I don't think that's the point. That's not the point of the discussion that we're having here. The discussion was, is someone who can taste snozberries better at tasting in general? And is a sommelier at level four, uh, infinite level four, able to lick and carbon date a a piece of pottery? I don't know. I don't think they can. That's all I'm saying. We've tangented massively. Sorry. Anyway, yes, this episode is giving some tips about some of the things that you can expect or some of the things that you should do at your first Supra. So I wanted to see if there was a difference between what some of our Georgian friends said compared to what some of our foreign friends said. And what we say. And what we say, yeah. So it was interesting what people came up with. What do, Should we start with the foreigners first or with the Georgians first? All right, I reckon we should do the experts first, the Georgian experts. Uh, what do they have to say? They know what they're talking about. Uh, The first thing that came about was to save some space. When you sit down at a table, there's actually going, it's going to be completely full of food when you sit down. And I know it can get really exciting to sort of just be like, oh, I'm starving. I'm going to have some bread and I'm going to eat this. And oh, that looks tasty. And I'm going to eat that. But as our guide and resident sommelier, Cassie tells us, there's more to come. Guests. The ones who experience the first time surprise, the very first is that they they will need a huge patience <laughs> to stay uh, for a long time if they want to fully participate, to stay a long time sitting at a table and listening uh, some uh, toasts. Some of them could be very sophisticated. <laughs> Some of them could be so difficult that they won't be able to understand. It's it's the way of some, somehow understanding of uh, Georgian philosophy of Supra. 
not all the toasts are meant to be understood or how to say. Also, they, they definitely will need to remember that to save space for more food to come. We know that it's the food is very diverse and more and more food comes. And uh, when people think that, okay, that's the last food brought to Supra, it is not like this. So uh, we have the tradition that, uh, for example, there are several type of dishes when by the end of Supra, they are only served by the end of Supra. And then this is the signal for others that the Supra serving the food is finished and they can enjoy the rest of the time sitting together and they need to know that they won't be served any other food but it's going to be like maybe the dish number 10 or 12 or whatever another one is that um, the the people who first time experience surprise that they will need to know that this is surprise the way for people to share emotions and knowledge and also show off uh, how eloquent they are, how much they know, and how well they know all the rituals and the order of different, let's say, uh, toasts. That's more or less what they definitely need to know about Supra. Yeah, and uh, don't drink as much as Georgians do. Ah, and yes, uh, she's right there. Don't try to keep up with the Georgians. As we mentioned in the last episode, three litres of wine per Supra is sort of the average for a Georgian man. That is the sort of expected minimum almost for a proper Supra. Yeah. And there's no shame in not keeping up either. Our assistant Kato said that it is optional to drink a glass of wine completely for each toast. We know that we've stated that the tradition of the Supra is you do the toast and you drink the entire thing. That is the Georgian tradition, and it's not necessarily expected for foreigners to follow that. Uh, If you feel that you have the tolerance and you can, go for it. But remember, the Supra could be hours long. Hours. Yeah, so even if you're a man, because it is often the men that have to drink their entire glass. They're expected to. Uh, Women, actually, Georgian women are not expected to down their glass at all. No. No, I mean just the, the men. Yeah, uh, but if you are a foreign man, uh, they will respect your choice. Uh, they might, you know, encourage you. They're they're a bit of a, a bit of a lads group, and they'll be like, "Come on, have a drink. You can do it." But they will not force you because, uh, according to history, Georgians do not force others to drink as much as Georgians do. Yeah. So it's fine. So it's sort of them just showing off, going like, oh, yeah, that's right. You can't drink as much as me. So that's fine. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll show you how it's done. Uh, also, uh, Kato told me that if the host ever asks you which wine in Georgia is your favorite, the answer should always be, your wine is the best wine oh, I've ever tasted. Of course it is. Yeah. <laughs> Because so, it's a trick that. question. You're like, well, hang on. There was that winery I went to three years ago. There was a. Oh, oh. No, 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 no. Your, Sorry, your wine. wine. Yeah, your wine. Yeah, always, always say that. Uh, one of the things that we haven't actually mentioned, we talk about downing the drink entirely. There is actually a different size glass for Supras or even just drinking in general. Georgians don't drink out of big wine glasses like we traditionally do. Uh, if they, of course, they do have like traditional wine yeah, glasses you here. Can, you can obviously, and many many wine places you go will have very nice glasses if you're drinking fine artisan wine. Of course, but if you're just going to a super and you're having three liters of wine, you're not necessarily drinking the fine artisan stuff out of a fancy glass. No, it's almost like I would refer to it as a small juice glass. It's 
Actually, I would say, I mean, they're about like 100 milliliters normally. It's a little side glass. You'll see it on the table and you'll probably go, oh, maybe that's, oh, that's for, for some my shots. Water. That's for water or that's for some shots. Or It's a very small water glass, though, even. It is even. But yeah, yeah. you might be like, oh, that's for something else later. It's like maybe they're going to bring some liqueur at the end. It's like, no, the little glass is for wine because if you down a massive glass of wine after every toast, you will die. You're going to be drunk. Yeah, you're not allowed to be drunk. You have to be in control whilst drinking a lot, apparently. Yeah. So... Yeah, there's no shame in asking if you have a couple of glasses in, in front of you when you sit down and you're not certain which is which. Uh, just ask. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. And, and they will, if, if you have already filled up your wine glass with water or something else, they will fill whatever available glass is there. Yeah. And then you're in trouble. And then That's you're it. in trouble. That's it. Swapping later might not happen. It might <laughs> be too late. Yes. So do we want more tips from the, uh, from yeah. the Georgians? Who have we got? What have we got? Uh, we also have another tip that's never be afraid of making your own toast while attending a Supra. The Tamada would be happy to listen to your words with pleasure and you just need to let him know that you want to say something after him. And then he will alaverdi to you. Yes. He will pass the toast to you. What's Actually, interesting with that, though, is, I mean, there's two options here. The alaverdi is where you are taking a toast that has already been said by the Tamadar and you are adding to it. You're adding your spin on the same toast. So let's assume that the toast is to love and they said some beautiful, eloquent piece about love and then you want to make your own toast to love. You wouldn't just walk in and go like, hey, you know, I've got something to say. That's not how it's done. Uh, so you would, you would add to it. You would add your spin uh, and your way of, of thinking uh, to, to make it the next stage of the same toast. But also, uh, there are occasions where you can ask the Tamadar if you're allowed to start a toast. Uh, it's less common, but yeah. it's, it's allowed. To, you can ask it. It would be request. if it was like a special occasion for another guest that was there, like uh, another yeah. foreign guest. That you, could, I mean, there could be any reason. Or really. even to the, like, you want to make a guest uh, a toast to the hosts, which is in the sequence of the super toasts, but sometimes people get excited and want to jump ahead, and that's yeah, totally Or maybe fine. you're in a hurry to leave because you've had too much wine, and you're like, right, I've got to make a toast Thank to the hosts. Thank you, hosts. I'm out. But we'll be talking about the order of the toasts in another episode because that's also a full full length thing. I mean, considering yeah. the amount of toasts that there are, we can't even cover all of them because then we'd need an eight hour episode to do them all. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. And of but, course, we've got to drink while we talk about the toasts, right? Well, we have to down. If we're going to do that episode the real way, we're going to have to down a glass of wine after every single discussion of every toast. It'll be interesting by the end. It will be a very, very weird episode by the end. That is for sure. Uh, but coming back to the Alaverdi, I was a little bit confused about what the actual meaning of Alaverdi was because I, I Googled it, as I do, and this PDF came up that just said that Alaverdi is in reference to the monastery here. And it's like, I give, you know, God's grace of the Alaverdi monastery, I hand over to you. And I asked Katie about this, our familiar, and she was like, what? No. And anyway, I've got the voice recording of what Alaverdi actually means, and we're going to play that right now. When uh, some part of Georgia was conquered by Muslim invaders, we know that uh, drinking the alcohol is prohibited according to religion. But, and of course, at some point also was prohibited for Georgians uh, to drink the alcohol. So it means that when uh, they would try to drink the alcohol, they would say, Allah verdi. It means that with the confirmation of the God. So this toast is confirmed by the God. It's blessed by the God. So it can be drank, even it's the alcohol. This is actually the reality, the origin. How comes they're saying Allah verdi? I have Allah verdi to you. It means that this is the toast confirmed by the God and sending to you. 
Yeah. So, I mean, you're being given uh, righteous permission, I suppose. Exactly. Being allowed to, to, under the grace of God, take on that toast and take on the responsibility. I mean, I, I use the word. I use the word responsibility, but it, it's true. And um, these these ways of toasting and the the structure, although it is flexible, and people, you know, they they realize that we live in a modern world. There is still definitely a responsibility of the tamadar to respect the traditions, and yeah. it's very important. Uh, one thing that I was told also as a tip that, and the, and this goes along with the Alaverdi, I didn't realize that Alaverdi had like sort of, I know it's like passing on to you, but I didn't realize that you could, I thought it was just mostly to do with the toasts, but uh, I was told that, and we have experienced this, the old goat's horn will come out. Now, would you like to, yes, would you like to explain that? So, I mean, we've all seen drinking horns. If you've watched any sort of Viking TV shows, there's going to be someone drinking from a horn, even though I, I think there's some, is there not some discussion that that's all for TV and they didn't actually do that or something? Yeah, there's I a don't. lot of stuff that the Vikings apparently did that yeah, haven't done. I, I don't know. This is a Georgia podcast. So I'm not going to get into the facts and reality of Nordic history. But yeah, it, you know, it's an animal horn. Uh, there's a variety of sizes from the very, very small ones that you can use for cha-cha that have about 70, 80 milliliters of space in them to the massive, massive ones which I guess from like water buffalo or something, I don't know. I actually oh, don't no. know which animals they come from. They're, they're huge. I mean, some deer have really big horns and goats too. Like they're massive, so who knows? But yeah, some of these really big ones that are sort of maybe two, three liters uh, that you'd fit in them, which of course is uh, one man's evening's drink. So that would be, uh, you just have one of those uh, down that and then you're done. You can go home early, I guess. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so essentially the almost every Georgian household that you go to, especially, well, maybe not in the middle of the city, but anywhere outside of the city, if you go into a rural home, they're going to have some sort of drinking horn uh, of different sizes. And they're eventually at some point likely to say, OK, it's time to drink from the horn. And if you're a foreigner, they, they probably find it quite entertaining to, to be like, OK, so now you drink from this. Because yep. they know that the reaction they're going to get is like, oh, what? that's like a liter right there. Uh, hang on. Sorry. What am I downing? Uh, yeah. Wine. <laughs> sorry. So I know we've watched uh, a lot of that TV show with Olivia Pope. What's that called? Scandal. Scandal with Olivia Pope, American TV show. But it's she drinks, she downs wine <laughs> she does out of a wine glass. I mean, we don't know how she does it. Because it's red it's, wine. Yeah, it's Dude, red wine. It's like, she just eh, downs wine eh, yeah. in pretty much every scene. I guess there must be memes about this. I don't know, but I, we just observed this from this TV show over and over again. Chugs She's downing a big wine. glass of red wine. Yeah. Well, here they're downing like a litre of white wine or more at once. And that is what the fantasy is all about. And this has happened to me many, many times. And there's a couple of traditions with this that, uh, you know, they're loosely followed. If you're a foreigner, they're not going to force you into it. But I am told by Georgian friends that what happens is when you down your entire horn of wine, and maybe you'll do this with another person, maybe uh, two or three people will do this together. uh, It's not necessarily about who drinks the fastest. It's about who drinks everything. So at the end, after you have downed the wine, you have to upturn the horn. And there will be drips. And if there are more than three drips, you did not finish the horn and you are supposed to refill the horn and drink the entire horn again until there are less than three drips when you turn it over. Now, of course, what we're saying in this episode uh, and, and many episodes, these are personal stories. I don't know if this is a tradition that is out of any history books or anything. This is just something that some Georgian friends that I know are like, this yeah. is how it's done. And I liked it. I thought it was funny. Because then when we get anyone, anyone on the trip who's brave enough, anyone on our tours who's brave enough to actually down from the Quancy, 
when they get to the end of that, I'm like, okay, now turn it over. And then when <laughs> and the then drifts come everyone counts the drifts. Yeah. One, two, three. Like, oh, oh no. refill it. And again. That's all right. We no, we, we never we refill it. We don't make people refill it because I, I like people to not throw up in the van on the way home. Indeed. Yeah. But, but uh, anyway, that's the quantity. Bringing the whole story back, if they do bring out the horn and you- they probably will. And they probably will. Uh, and you are intimidated by it or- I don't want to use the word intimidated. If you're like, no, that's just not for me. I'm I'm having a good time. I don't need to to do that. That is totally cool. And apparently you can aliverti the the drinking to someone else. So I thought it was just for toasts. You can actually aliverti the drinking and be like, hey, you look like you can handle this. I aliverti it to you. Good luck. You could be very mean in this situation. Choose the person who looks most scared. Can you aliverti the aliverti to the aliverti to the aliverti? I mean, you probably could. You just keep going around in circles until you aliverti back to the Tamadar and then they're obviously going to say yes. Exactly. Because if they're a Georgian, then they have to. Yep. All right. Yeah. No, aliverti, good tradition. Yes. So aliverti of the toast, aliverti of the drinks. Yes. As as we just discussed, there are different levels of, of drunkenness that you can get. And as a foreigner, you, you do need to sort of be in control of that a little bit as well, because it can be it's very easy to get carried away. Uh, not only will they bring out a horn, they will bring out a roof tile. Mm-hmm. I don't understand the roof tile. The Why tile. do you want to drink wine off a roof tile? Well, I mean, they don't always pull it straight off the roof. Although no, no, I, ha- no. I have seen that actually happen. Really? <laughs> yeah, I've actually the seen roof? them just go out and grab one off the corner of the roof. But it might be one that they've like put there that they always use that one, so it's always loose. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know for sure. I haven't checked. But uh, yeah, I've definitely seen that happen once or twice. But normally they just have a couple of roof tiles sitting around near where the horns are and they'll just grab one. And then they get a jug or bottle of wine and they pour the wine onto the tile straight into your mouth. Yeah. I have drunk off the roof tile. I don't think, can I, now I'm going to say this and someone's going to make it happen. Um, I don't think I've drunk out of the horn. Never. I don't think I have. How is that possible? Because uh, downing would, uh, half a liter of, or more of wine Because that's too much wine. I also spent, crazy. you know, two years of the three years here, like, pregnant and breastfeeding so yeah, yeah. I, I missed a few missed and, a few and it just I don't know bodies. it never really happened when we were here previously in like 2018 2016 I just have always sort of like sidestepped it and been like I well, I secretly elevated it be like hey you look like you want some porn go for it you're not technically missing anything no no I'm, I'm quite fine with it but actually yeah I have drunk from the tile I haven't uh, drunk from the horn I, I'm pretty certain as someone who personally appreciates wine a lot running wine tours. Yeah, we might be giving the wrong impression here that we're trying to take people out and get them messed up every time. No, we're no, really no, not. no, 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 no. Uh, the majority of what we're doing is actually uh, we're going out and drinking fine artisan wines, meeting the winemakers, sitting down with them. But if you get to the Supra, and yeah, we do shortened Supras on most of the day tours, uh, then yeah, it's fun. And if people want to do it, it's at the end of the day. If they don't feel that they've had too much to drink already and they want to do it, then they can go for it. And as we said, it comes yeah. down to like what we said in the last episode, it comes down to the Tamada and the person who's in control of the drinking. And if they feel like the vibe of the the group is like, these guys look like they're up for a bit of fun, let's introduce the horn, they'll do that. But if they're getting the vibe that that's not really your thing and you're just, you know, sitting back and enjoying your wine and, you know, yeah. maybe pouring out between drinks and that stuff, then they they won't introduce that at all because you know, it is their responsibility to to, to read the room and, and see what sort of guests yeah. they have. Because as we said in the very beginning, being the ultimate host is the, the most important thing and making sure that their guests leave happy and pushing someone into drinking too much or drinking more than they want to or doing stuff they don't want to is not being a good host. And they would never do that. Yeah, no, exactly. 
So it's not a frat boy trip. No. That's, and if you come to Georgia in general, we're making it sound a bit like that because we're talking about the extreme versions of what happens. And this does happen. If you're with a big group of Georgians and you and a couple other foreigners turn up, then sure, they're going to do it. Yeah. And you don't have to do it. They're not going to make you do it. No. But it can also be a lot of fun. Uh, I've done quite a few of these drinking horns and yeah, it, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of fun. Why not? Uh, you're not going to have a, as great a day the next day with your hangover as you otherwise would. <laughs> but apparently because there's not a lot of sulfides in the wine and most of the natural wines, they don't put any sulfides in if it's fresh wine rather than aged wine then supposedly that's a, a reason why the hangover is less. Well, also, I have a couple of friends that sort of have a bit of a wine allergy. They don't handle drinking wine really well, but they will drink wine here in Georgia because there's something about the buyer of wine here. All natural. It's all natural that they can drink it and they don't have the same reaction as they do with other commercially made wine. Yeah, so don't just come here for crazy drinking. Come here for uh, really interesting bio wines that are truly without sulfides. Uh, yeah, bottled wine, they have to put a bit of sulfide in, but they put less in here than they do in other places because there's a long tradition of drinking the wine quite quickly. Not that many people are aging wines for four or five years or anything like this. They're aging wines for like a year yeah. or maybe they're just drinking it the second it's ready. Uh, they'll start pouring it and they'll start drinking it, you know, um, after it's aged in the quarry for like six months or something, then it's ready to go. Uh, it comes out the quarry and, and you start drinking it and you, you taste it. And it's a whole different ballgame. There's young wines, old wines, totally different. But without sulfides, when you are drinking just straight out the jug or straight out the quivery, which we do on some of our tours, uh, if you request it specifically, we can sort it out for you. That's amazing. I, it, pretty much some of the best wine I've ever had is straight out the quivery. You can't understand unless you've actually done it how more, uh, it's more complex. It, it's got all of the qualities that you lose from bottle shock if you put it in the bottle and, and it gets shaken around a little bit and it gets transported. Sunlight gets to it. Sunlight, everything else. Uh, the best, best way to taste any wine is straight out of the quivery. They just dip a jug in the top of the quivery and you drink it right there. It's also because of being in the quivery, it's at that perfect wine temperature. So it comes out the way that it Sell should be. Yeah, it's the perfect temperature for drinking that wine and it just is perfect. I remember the first time, I think we told, did we tell this story about the first time we had the wine from the quivery and it was that? I don't think so. Not on this podcast. No. So, on one of our other podcasts. Yeah, so basically it was like, 2018 was it yeah that was 2018 yeah so we were out on tour with this guy and he basically had said oh a friend of my dad's lives around here let's and he's got this old soviet museum let's go see if he'll let you see it and we we're like cool let's go check that out and we went and he knocked on the dude's door and he was a little hesitant at first and then he was like oh you know this guy's from england and she's from australia and he's like oh australia kangaroo and we're like yeah classic classic and so he let us in and it was very nice of him. And actually he, his uh, Soviet memorabilia was fascinating. He had like uh, like an illegal bottle of Coca-Cola that- From like 1967 or something, something or 68. Like I think yeah. that was like, yeah. All this old like Stalin memorabilia that was like bottles of vodka with Stalin's face on it and posters and uh, all all the stuff that was- Because it was, it was like we were not far from Gori, were we? I think we weren't far No, we were from very Gori. close to Kutaisi. Oh, we were in Kutaisi. We were in the wine region, Baghdati wine region, oh, just right. south of Kutaisi. This is not somewhere we take people on tours because it's sort of crazy. And I think if we started to take people on tours there, it wouldn't make any sense. No, no. But we might. It's a beautiful region. I, I mean, I mean, we no, sorry. I mean, we take people to Baghdadi, of course. But I mean, like to this guy's house because it's some random guy. No, yeah. Uh, like, and there's lots of winemakers <laughs> out in the country that are just some random guy. This is uh, how or, random or he is. That just makes his, wine. Uh, his outdoor gym was just a metal pole 
with two concrete slabs that he'd like attached to the end of it. So he was like Popeye. He was like yeah, he was in his seventies. Like he was Popeye. He was Georgian Popeye, lifting these concrete slabs to stay fit. And bachelor, um, short, bachelor, yep, very very muscly. And he was Georgian yeah, Popeye, crazy outdoor homemade gym. Anyway, amazing. Anyway, to get to the story, uh, we didn't think he liked us very much and was just tolerating us. But whether it was like Georgian hospitality or whether we won him over with our incredible charm and wit. I, I doubt uh, it. <laughs> um, he asked us to stay and he, yeah, just popped open his query and he got a couple of cups and he placed them around the outside of the query. And this sort is of, a full query that had never been. This so like, full. First time opening it. Yeah. First time opened. And yeah, just dipped. Uh, he just had like an, another cup. He wasn't using the gourd. He just had a no. He just had a plastic jug. A plastic jug, and he like yep, poured it out for us, and then offered us some cheese. And it was just the most phenomenal experience because we didn't know it was coming. And and also, even since then, that was the very first time, and we were like, wow, this is really special that he is offering his wine to us. That that it's straight out of the quarry. That it's just so pure and 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 homemade. And even even since then, every time that I've been somewhere where they're like, oh, we'll open the query for you, it feels like such an honor. Yeah. That they do. Because it that. only happens, every query only gets open once. Yeah. I mean, they, they take all of the, the must out of the bottom when they're ready, and then, then, then it's just stored in the query from then on, and then they open it. Because if you take too much wine out, then the air gap is too big at the top, and the wine starts to degrade because of that. So, yeah, when it's totally full to the top, that is a fresh query. All right, back to our super tips. We uh, we got a little bit. We did, but you know, it's a podcast, so why not? Yeah, we're allowed to. Yeah, if anyone wants to go meet this guy in in Imoretti, he might not even be I there know. anymore. That was 2018. He was pretty old. Yeah, well, I don't know, but I mean, I, I know he where is. he lives. I hope he is. I, I have a note of where he lives, so we, but we didn't plan to take tours there because it's a bit random and it's impossible to replicate that sort of thing. We try to it do. It was it was a perfect little moment that yeah, we had. Yeah, yeah. You if you turned up there again, it would never be the same. So yeah. All right, so I think we've covered a lot of the ones that uh, our Georgian friends told us. They were like, "Be careful with like how much you drink. Don't don't keep up with the Georgians. Never be afraid to make your own toast. You can alaverti the goat's horn. We went over that. Thank God. <laughs> uh, it's optional to drink a glass of wine completely. We went over that. Uh, if you uh, if your host asks you your favorite wine, what do you say? It's your wine, sir yes. or madam. Yes, <laughs> the best wine I've ever drunk. We mentioned don't eat everything straight up. Don't get full. Don't get no, full fast. Like seriously, the amount of times we've done supras with guests and the amount of times they've just gone, oh, this is really tasty. I'm going to eat loads of this. And like there's seven more dishes coming. Not one more dish, not no. two, seven more at least. Here's also the telltale sign. You'll have Kamali on the table pretty much from the very beginning. Like it's always just sitting there on the table. So the sauce made from sour plums that they use for pork. It's delicious. I could just drink it. Kamali. I can't pronounce it. It's got a T at the start. T K. Kamali. 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 It's phenomenal stuff. But a lot of people get confused. And they're like, what is the sauce for? And you're like, it's for the meat. And they're like, oh, there's meat coming. You're like, yes, there's meat coming. So as long as, as long as your hosts haven't touched the Kamali, Kamali, there's more food coming. So just just keep an eye out for the because that's the the it's usually the pork comes out towards the end. Yeah, and various meat comes out towards the end because you know that's how it rolls. Yeah, you know, the, the big protein meat dishes are coming out towards the end. That's that's normally the way, unless you're having like some boiled ham at the start. But that's only in certain areas of Georgia that's really popular. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's pretty much all the things that our Georgian friends told us. As uh, wow, yeah. So this means it's now time to talk about our most random supra story. 
Do we have any tips? Do we have tips? Okay. I mean, I have done a lot of these, but you haven't given me any uh, time to think about it. I'm so busy talking about things. <laughs> um, yeah. Like, what's the first thing other than, yeah, don't drink too much and don't eat too much. What's the first thing? Don't eat too much too fast. What's the first thing that comes to your mind as a, as a tip for a first timer at a Supra? Here's a different tip. Totally different tip. Once again, this is uh, we're aware and everyone's aware. There's a, a little bit of sort of sexism here as to how things work. But if you are male, you're supposed to stand up uh, or you can stand up or you should stand up for a certain mm-hmm. toast, whereas women are not required to stand up for toasts. Yes. So if you and are. And they will f- tell you to sit down. Yeah. I mean, but. Not, not in a mean way. Not no, in no. a mean way. They'll just you be like, oh, no, no. sit down if you want to. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, if you are a female and you want to use that <laughs> can i say that like if you want to uh take advantage of the fact you're a female and, and get a benefit from it you don't have to stand up that's a, a little bonus tip uh but of course if you want to stand up uh, as a foreigner the hosts aren't gonna sort of push it on you to sit down again or anything like that no no they'll just be more like oh you don't have to yeah stand up. it's like you don't have to it's not a don't you dare stand up it's always more of a you don't have to stand up you, yeah. you can relax whatever so yeah that that's also something to bear in mind so you might notice this if you're at the table and I, i've Spoken to Georgian women about, and they're like, "Yeah, I can't afford to stand up for every toast. It's so annoying. It's too so I, I'm just not. We'll we'll sit at the corner of the table and just chill out a bit. So, <laughs> so yeah, you know, take advantage of it. Why not? It's a, that's a tip. That's a good tip. Something else that you could do, and this is a sneaky tip. You could come prepared. So we've we've got an article about toasts, and we're going to release a podcast about the toasts. If you do a little bit of research in advance then you, you might figure out some really cool, interesting ways to surprise the Tamadar with your, when you get aloe uh, and you can actually do it. Because just to expect the fact that although they won't force you to make a toast, there is a possibility that uh, someone may ask you to make a toast. And if you're not used to making these sorts of toasts, it's a little hard sometimes. I think Googling so it, it in, like. in advance ruins the surprise. If you know what the toasts are about and what is coming, I know you won't know what story or how the Tamada will go about explaining it. But I don't know. I, I think it's it's nice to have the surprise of what they're toasting to because yeah. I mean, if it's your first time, don't research it. No, just sit back I'm and sure. relax, I say. Up to you. It depends what sort of person you are. But, I mean, one of the other things about uh, this is when you do get asked to make a toast, and you'll have already seen it. The, be- the benefit of this is you're not going to be the first person. The foreigner is never going to be the first person to make a toast at a super. You're going to get no, some experience no, no, of what's no. going on before you're actually asked to do anything, if ever asked to do anything. But it's all about speaking from the heart, really. So whatever the topic is, however it moved you, adding to that and providing something that resonates with people or resonates with yourself, because if it resonates with you, it probably resonates with some other people as well. Yeah. Don't feel like you're under too much pressure to uh, to beat the Tamadar because the whole point of the Tamadar is you will never beat the Tamadar. Exactly. That's the goal. Yeah. That's their goal is that they will always be the best uh, presenter in the room. They will always have the best story. They're, they're prepared for this. They're always prepared for this. So, yeah, don't feel intimidated if you're asked to, uh, to Ala Verde. If someone passes a toast to you and you have to say something, just speak from the heart. And uh, Georgians respect that so much. If they know what you're saying is genuine and honest, no matter what it is, no matter whether it's eloquent or not, they will respect it and they will appreciate it and uh, it will be a, a beautiful moment. Yeah. So just feel free. And I, I love that thing. I think that's something I love about the Supra the most is I feel really free at Supras that everybody bears their soul. Yeah. That's part of the, the whole point. There's been that, some very yeah. special some moments special that, that we've had at Supras. Yeah, it's, it's a completely different way of living and it's one of the reasons that I love living in Georgia in general. 
is because of these sorts of moments where you feel genuinely open and free and that you're not going to be judged by people around the table for being emotional. You're not going to be judged for saying something that's, uh, you know, close to your heart. I feel like we sort of lost that in Western cultures a bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we sort of got our guard up all the time. Yeah, it's like, oh, Not wanting to look silly. Yeah, people will think you're lame if you say something like emotional or whatever. Yeah. I, I think maybe that's changing back uh, to be better in Western culture than it has been in the past. Yeah, uh, that, 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 that hot, like hard man. The stiff upper lip. Yeah, sort of British thing is. Stuff that I grew up with. Uh, definitely not really a thing so much. Not as big a thing now with younger generations. But uh, in Georgia, it's never been a thing. There is... Literally not a problem if some huge, burly Georgian guy cries at the table because some toast is made that just moves them. Yep. No one is going to sit around going like, ugh, why is he doing that? They'll go, I, I get it. I totally get it. Yeah. Which is amazing. I think it's great that this has sustained through Georgian culture through, through however many years it's been. It hasn't been repressed, it hasn't been removed, and it's just still here today and still going strong. It's pretty incredible. Will they, however, mock a big burly man for falling asleep on top of a box of bees? Now, that's a good point because beehive sleeping whilst supposedly being a tamadar, that seems odd. <laughs> tamadar wants to take a break, go sleep on some bees. All right. I guess we should tell the story. Now time. We've been it is now time. We have been teasing for a while. It is now time to tell the story of when we went to a. It was, wasn't even a planned Supra, it was an accidental Supra. Where the Tamara slept on a hive of bees. Tom? Yeah. So, that's one the of story. Our, no, that's, that's, that's it. <laughs> Done. We've been teasing you all this way to not give you any detail at all. You fell asleep on some bees. No. So, what happened? So, we were in Signagi and visiting one of our friends from Poland. Uh, he's, he's really integrated in the community. He's got lots of Georgian friends. He's learned lots of Georgian. He makes he's, port out of Georgian grapes. Yeah, it's incredible. He's making lots of sweet wines out of Georgian grapes. And he said, come out. We are going to go harvest the honey with my friend, a Georgian friend, out in the right next to the Caucasus Mountains, right in the foothills uh, near Lagodeki National Park, which is about three hours from Tbilisi in total to drive all the way out there. We headed from Signagi with him uh, in his friend Soso's van. Soso's a sort of smaller stature, skinny, skinny guy, about five foot six, something I'll like that. I'll put pictures on five. Instagram. You'll, you'll see. He's great. He cooked us a mean barbecue, but we'll get to that. Good point. He took us out. We're, uh, we're in the van. We're, we're literally, by the time you get off the road to get towards where they've moved the hives for the season, because the, the hives move around. So if you get to know about how honey works here and in many countries, but if you're not really a honey person, you wouldn't know. But they move the hives around depending on where is a good place for them to be so that the bees can go and get some uh, whatever nectar they need from whatever yeah, types of flowers. It's seasonal. It's, yeah. so they have so they to have move them with on the seasons. Big truck. I got a ton of beehives on a big truck, uh, lots of different flatbed trucks. And the guys who are with the bees, they sleep in the cab in front and they drive these around to different places and they stay there for a couple of months. So we drive out there. We, yeah, we get to the end of the road and he's like, okay, now it's going to be off-road. We're just going to keep driving, 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 driving up along this stream, along this little river valley towards the foothills of the Caucasus. And then we come into this sort of open field with a few trees really beautiful green this is sort of gorgeous yeah wonderful time of year i think it was sort of june or something so it's before it started to dry out and uh, yeah amazing sort of meadow like place and there's just all these flatbed trucks but not like not like a commercial zone like it was like five five or six flatbed trucks all parked in different parts around this field and yeah so he's like well okay my friend he's got this this truck over here but 
it looks like the weather is really pretty overcast today and it looks like it's not going to clear up. So although we were going to harvest honey, we can't harvest honey when the clouds are out because the bees will stay inside the hive and then it's too dangerous to harvest the honey. So what are we going to do instead as we've driven all the way out here? Um, We're going to have a Supra (laughs) in a field. So yep. like on the way out to the field, they were like, of course, we're going to have some food anyway, but we're going to get honey. And then they're like, ah, no, it's so overcast. We're literally just going to have a super in the field. Mm-hmm. So we had this sort of like five kilos of pork that they picked up from the from the local shop. And literally the local shop, as in there is a guy who stands at the side of the road with half a pig hanging off the side of the shop. Slaughtered that morning. Yeah, slaughtered that morning, fresh as you like. And they just get out an axe. Yes, he got out an axe. Yeah. Not a cleaver. Not any sort of knife equipment. He got out an axe and just started chopping up this meat and then gave us five kilos of pork. So we got that. We got some bread, got a couple of other bits and pieces they brought. And he's like, all right, yeah, well, we might as well just start drinking now. It was like midday or something. He's like, well, we're not going to have anything to do. So let's just start drinking and eating. Got the barbecue going. Sosa starts cooking up some amazing pork. And this guy gets out of his flatbed truck and comes over to speak to us. Doesn't speak hardly any English at all. Barely any English. But uh, this older guy, sort of in his 60s, and the story goes that we found out the reason he's there sleeping in the back of a truck with the bees is because he used to be the principal of a high school in the area. And he did that his whole life, pretty much. And he's just over hanging out with people and kids. He's like, I'm done with it. I'm going to go sleep in my flatbed truck with the honey and the bees uh, for a few months. And I don't want to see anybody. Just, yeah, leave me alone. Yeah. So, yeah, he just gets out of the truck and he's like, great. Oh, you guys are here. Great. Let's let's do a super because I can't harvest any honey today. And he proceeds to follow the traditions of Georgian super that we have discussed to the letter, as in every single drink he fills, he finishes every single drink. Yeah. And the toasts do not have breaks. It's just toast translation for us to know what's going on. Next toast drink. Next toast drink. That's it. We were actually like throwing because we were there with two we friends of us we were throwing the, the wine over our shoulder and doing different stuff because it just yeah he was powerhousing that one and we we're like oh that's a great toast over the shoulder yeah i mean you know mm. those those big water containers you get for um like if you're moving a really large bottle of water to a water cooler but not the small ones that you get on the average water cooler the really really big ones i don't know how many liters there are in those like 40 or 30 or 40 liters we had one of those. That's what we brought. Yeah, that was full of wine. That was for us, for our group of about seven people. And I'm pretty sure we finished almost all of it. And Soso wasn't drinking because he was driving. Yeah. Which I was actually really impressed because I, I expect in the country that people have a few drinks and then drive home. But he, he literally had one glass not. of wine and that was it. Yeah. And then was there just watching us drinking for hours. I actually managed to be a Georgian man that day. You solidly tried to keep up where the rest of us were, yeah. Yeah, everyone else ditching our wine. <laughs> well, nah, but I definitely drank more than three litres of wine that day. So I, I achieved my Georgian man status for the first time, probably. It was a big day. But what happened next? Now, the problem was, like, the food came out. We all had food. Amazing, amazing Full pork, belly. by the way. Love it. The toasts kept going. The tamadar kept downing everything, every single glass. And so some 30 or so toasts in, he was just like, I'm a bit tired. It's been a lot of drinking. So instead of going to the cab where his bed is, he just climbed in the back of his flatbed truck and lay down on top of the beehives. (laughs) And we just got this photo of him with his head resting on a beehive. He was sitting on a chair. He was sitting on a chair with his arm like resting on the beehive. 
you know, bees flying around. It's the best photo. It's honestly the best photo. Yeah. We'll put it. We'll put it on Instagram. It's uh, it's really sweet actually. And then actually, like he, honey. he had a bit so sweet like honey. Mm-hmm. He had a bit of a power nap, and then he came back for some more. Yeah, and then he started doing more toasts. Absolute trooper. After like 30 minutes, 45 minutes power nap, he was like, yep, Let's ready go. to go again. Just needed a quick break. So, yeah, so since that day in 2019, I believe the phrase that we've had is, uh, when you're so drunk, you decide to sleep on bees. Yeah. Is a new level of drunk. We decided, you know, there are levels of drunk, but now the highest premium level, top level drunk that exists on this planet is so drunk, you'll sleep on some bees. <laughs> And that's it. And what a crazy day. What a crazy day that I just. I'll never forget it. It was wonderful. Yeah. I hurt the next day. I ate like a whole Cachapuri Adjuroli to myself the next day. I was that hungover. Yeah. No, I mean, I was much worse. No, you didn't eat at all. You were that hungover. I can't can't do anything now. (laughs) Just need to go back home to Tbilisi. That's it. But I mean, I think the amazing thing about these sorts of experiences, uh, I mean, I don't know these crazy experiences happen in countries all over the world. But it's something that just can't be replicated. There is no way if we planned to do that with one of our tours that it could ever happen the same way. No. It just wouldn't quite work. So what we do with the tours, of course, is that we find experiences that are amazing, but that we can definitely give people the opportunity to have them for the first time and do it. But you can't just randomly drive up to a field and find some guy and hope for the best that he's going to fall asleep on some bees. No, it's just not going to happen. It's not going to happen. But it can happen. But it won't happen. It'll never be the same story. Yeah, and I think that's the thing. Uh, You know, one of the major reasons why we love Georgia so much is the purity of it. The that you do still get these incredible experiences when you just meet people passing by in day to day life, and you have these incredible experiences. And I know you can have that in in other cultures and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, a lot of the time, I mean, you know, growing up in Australia, people are friendly and stuff, but, you know, you also kind of keep yourself a little bit. If you're, you know, out having a barbecue, you probably wouldn't walk over to someone else having a barbecue and go, hi, let's start drinking together and I'll do a bunch of toasts. You you wouldn't no, do that. But here that would just happen. Yeah. Yeah. And has. This was a different situation. They sort of knew this guy already before we turned up, but we had no idea that this was what was going to happen. We thought we were just going to go out, have a bit of pork and harvest some honey. No, no. Eight or nine hours later, it's like dark. We're driving down some tiny track to get back out off the onto the actual road uh, and back to Signagi. Uh, Crazy, crazy, amazing day. One of the the best supers. And it's sort of he was also a fantastic Tamadar, even though we couldn't couldn't understand what he was saying. It was translated to us. But the way he presented everything, you knew how he was saying it was just wonderful. You just got it. And he had his notebook. He was one of the guys that had a notebook. You're right. Yeah. yeah so he would actually look at a few ideas and be like, okay, now this. And, you know, he was a principal at school as well. So he's well read yeah. and everything. Uh, it's great. And the translations, even though they were broken translations, it just all sort of, it all sort of came together. Yeah. Made sense. Yeah. Such a, such a great super. So, yeah. I mean, we, we try to do very interesting supras uh, on, our, on our tours. That's what we do. We're, but we can't do anything like that. It's just, you just can't do it. Nah. You literally just can't do it. You don't want to try and replicate that because no. then it's not authentic anymore. But when we do supras, we take you to places where the hosts are, are really great people or, or the translation with the guide is going to be really fantastic. So you're going to appreciate every element of what's happening uh, with really, really good food that we've taste tested and make sure that they're, they're actually doing really good food. And some of the places we have, maybe they're going to sing some polyphonic songs. 
Some of the places we have, they even have uh, dance teachers. We said we were going to get our dance teacher, a wine, winemaker friend on the show at some point. Yeah, I need to So if you go to him. his place, uh, he might uh, do some dance for you or, or something can be arranged in advance so that that can actually happen. But I mean, I have to say, no matter what you do, uh, even with our tours, every single tour is slightly different. I don't think we, when we say that we try to replicate things, what we do is we try to replicate the emotions. We try to give you the same sort of way of understanding Georgia that we love, that we, we've fallen in love with, that, that represents how Georgia works. That's what we try to do. But every single tour you take, it depends on the people you're with. It depends on the people who are there at the time. Totally. And everything is completely organic. Everything will happen in the way that it happens. So, yeah, we don't ever really replicate tours. We just, we know that there's a way, a way that will work and and something good will definitely happen every time. Yeah. And it will be completely natural and you'll actually feel like you're part of the family when you're in that sort of Supra, uh, even if the experience and the toasts you have are different and the way things are said are different and the food might be different each time because, you know, whoever's cooking the food at someone's house, they might go, oh, this week I've got this, this is fresh, this is in the garden, I'm going to make this instead, which is amazing. Like you come in March, you get different food from when you come in September. It's very seasonal. It's very exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, you can always feel that you've been out on this trip. And even though we run tours, uh, multiple tours every week, you can feel that your tour is actually a special tour that you're doing. It's going to be slightly different from anyone else's tour that's ever done tours with us, just because that's how organic everything is here and in, in the way that people are and the way that people host you and and, and treat you. It's, it's, it's amazing. I Yeah. I can't give enough endorsement for how much I love Georgia and I love the super experience and just the general uh, hospitality. Uh, It's amazing. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, that's, we're going to wrap up the episode there. We do have an article out that is uh, all my sort of notes and stuff of the, it's it's sort of like my script uh, of the history of the Supras and I'll put the, the podcast episode to go along with that. I guess we'll also, I'll throw a few of the, uh, the tips at the end, but if you do have any other questions that you would like to ask us about uh, Georgia or attending a Supra or perhaps organizing a tour, anything like that, reach out to us. You can email us at megzi at foodfundtravel.com uh, and I will answer all, any of your questions that you have. Um, a few people have also reached out to us on social media through Instagram or Facebook. Uh, that's just Tivolisi Podcast. I will also respond to you there. So, uh, you know, jump on, come follow us and uh, make sure you're subscribed to this podcast right now because if you're not subscribed, click that subscribe button, please. Uh, Yeah, because there's part three of this coming up in the future. We're not going to do three super episodes in a row because I think it's a bit too much. We keep talking about these toasts, so we have to do an episode about the toasts. You never know. Maybe we can actually record a Tamadar. We can uh, record a few toasts at one of the uh, yeah. the tours and uh, we can play some of that back. So that you actually cool. get a real feeling for, you have to be there to really, really feel like you have to be there. But I think we could record something that would be pretty interesting. Nice. So I, I like will try that. and do that over the next couple of months on tours and uh, we'll try and bring something back. Sweet. All right. Well, thank you for listening to us. We really appreciate it. Yeah. I don't know if you got from the tone of this episode. We really love doing this. This is just us. Like, this is sort of like our love letter to Georgia. And uh, we, lo- we love living here. We love doing this podcast. And hopefully you guys uh, really enjoy listening to us, you know, just emote about this country. Uh, if you do enjoy it, please feel free to leave a review. That way more people can find the podcast and they can listen to the information about visiting and living in Georgia as well. So five-star review would be amazing. Just, you know, as we said, mm. you know, from the heart, tell us what you feel. 
We'd love to hear well, it. Well, as long as it's five stars. If you feel one star, then maybe you feel, I don't feel hear something so much. else. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Go take your problems to somebody else. <laughs> Listen to a different podcast. What are you doing? Please. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, if you want to join one of our guides, one of our Georgian guides on a tour at some point, just go to eatthistours.com. Harvest Tours are now live on our site. We are doing a lot of full, real uh, Root Valley, which is the harvest wine harvest festival. We're doing a we lot of those tours. We will put you to work. Yeah, you will. These are, we're doing like the full authentic tours. As far as I'm aware, barely any actual tour companies do these. Uh, I haven't really found any that specifically do this where you can literally turn up to meet the family, help them harvest their grapes and actually make wine with them. Their actual wine that they are going to produce, sell and drink uh, in the next season. I don't really know anyone else that does this. There might be, but we haven't figured it out that anyone else does it. Most people, they send you on a simulation tour, which we do as well. I mean, of course, we do simulation tours because not everybody is available on the exact day where people are going to harvest their grapes. And it's super, super limited. We've got like seven seven tours this year in total, the real Ravelli and then the simulation version. And we can't even give you a date because we don't know. That's how authentic it is. The farmers will be like, uh, now. Yeah. Well, they give us a few days notice at least. And we have a general idea based on the current sugar level in the grapes. So unless the weather changes massively, we are expecting this year to be sort of mid-September, the first one around the 15th or 18th of September through to mid-October around the 14th. And we might have a few bonus ones at the end of the season if uh, if some late harvest grapes actually make it, that all depends on the weather. Or we might head out to Ratcha. Ratcha region, they harvest a bit later, uh, quite often, end of October. So yeah, we've got a lot of stuff going on with harvest. Just go to eatthistours.com slash harvest if you want some more details about what we do and uh, go find that page and that explains all about the types of tours that we do. As well as, yes, I said, yeah, regular scheduled tours if you just want to jump on a tour with one of our guides and, and go do a simulation. Our simulations are also really cool. We sort of chose places that are more family-based rather than taking you to places that are big wine factories that just have a, have a place in the yard where you can jump on some grapes. So yeah, it's something a little bit more family-based, even if it is a simulation. So yeah, lots of fun. All right, we will see you in the next episode. Well, we won't see you because it is an audio podcast. You will hear us in the next episode and we won't hear anything from you because normally we're we the will, ones We will because you're going to leave a review. That's Reviews, how we hear from you. Yes, written written language we will see from you verbal who knows unless you send us some audio to listen to who i mean you can i suppose can't guarantee i'll listen to it if if it's offensive i'll delete it (laughs) we'll see be nice be nice that'll be great all right cheers bye thanks for listening to the tibilisi podcast Connect with us at tibilisipodcast.com where you can find all relevant social media links, join our email newsletter, and discover more about travel, tours, and expat services in Georgia. This show was brought to you by foodfundtravel.com, expathub.ge, and eatthistours.com.